baptism. Okay, so we are just like totally hitting up all the trigger words. I just realized this as I'm saying this right now. <laughs> we are just hitting all the words lately. But baptism is one of the biggest decisions you will ever make. Or is it? It depends in what church you're in and what it actually means. If you were baptized before, this can feel super emotional and really a bit confusing. So what does it mean to have a believer's baptism? And is it something that you should do? Let me guess, the world keeps telling you you are enough. All on your own, you are enough. Well, I'm about to drop a truth bomb. On your own, you will never be enough. Wait, hold up. Okay, did I get your attention? I am Shelby Hosfield, and at times I was an ex-Mormon, agnostic, a Sunday Christian, and a New Age follower, but God had very different plans for me. The whole time I was living in a very big lie, that I was in charge somehow of my own enoughness and my works were going to save me and my life. Don't get me wrong, I am all about self-help and personal development, but as a born-again, fully transformed Christian, I learned there is the world's way, and there's God's way. To quote C.S. Lewis, the more we get ourselves out of the way and let him take us over, the more truly ourselves we become. You are enough not because of what you have done, but because what he has done. And he lives through you. If you are ready for Bible truths, theology, and apologetics, and wisdom from his word that will shape your life, your confidence, and yes, your feeling of enough, then friend, you are in the right place. This is Finding Faith Above. Okay, so like I said, kind of funny. We are just hitting up all the big words <laughs> lately. Next week, you're going to love it too. We are going to talk about gospel. Oof, that's a big one, right? Do you get like all the feels? Like when you hear the word gospel, is it like, oh my goodness, is this something I really want to talk about or not? Yes, it is. It is something you want to talk about because it's the most beautiful thing ever. It is the good news. That's what we're going to be talking about next week. So make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss it because I have an amazing guest next week that's going to break this down a little bit more for us. Okay, but before we get into the rest of the episode today, one thing I wanted to share with you guys, which you may not be aware of, but did you know that you're a girl's life coach? That's right. I am a twice certified life and health coach. And what does this mean? Well, it basically means not only do I love to do this little podcast where we get into all the things about God, because honestly, that's the best person to come to for everything. He's not a person. This is the best best thing to come to for everything in our entire lives is God. Uh, but sometimes we need a little help. And especially when we are coming from different religions, like I did, I came from the Mormon religion. And so it was very confusing for me to go ahead and lay it all down and give it to Christ. I mean, it was something that I really had to work on. And socially, and how to work in my life, and how what this actually meant was extra confusing and something that I really, really needed help with in many aspects. And still to this day, I still have a coach because I love working with people who can sometimes see the forest through the trees. You know, they can see what's actually happening in my life while I'm in it. Sometimes I don't always see all the pieces and uh, they can really help me to to navigate this world and to put things in perspective and to have good biblical concepts to come back on and and just to help me with direction um, because also my ADHD brain totally just needs some good direction sometimes. I tend to go squirrel. 
<laughs> and so having a good life coach for me really helps me to stay focused, helps me to make sure I'm hitting those areas that are important in my life and not to say accountability so much, but just to have that good help. I need someone to help me kind of navigate navigate things a little bit more. So if I can be that for you, I would absolutely love that to help you maybe through some of these crazy transition times, um, how to deal now with family, how to deal with a schedule when you're trying to decide how to fit in that praise and that worship time and how to decide how to move forward with your kids. That's probably one of the biggest ones ever, how to figure out what we need to do when we're praying to God and, and try to get over some of these kind of little weird hiccups that we have about speaking to him. So anyways, if this is something that you're interested in, I would love to work with you. Absolutely. 100%. You can go to findingfaithabove.com slash your coach. All right. So findingfaithabove.com slash your coach. So excited to hear from you. Let's do this. Okay. So before we get any further into the weeds here today. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and talk about what we came to talk about, which is the believer's baptism. All right, so this is something that uh, really just, mm, it, it moves me in so many different ways in my heart and, and just really stirs up all the feelings for me um, because it's so incredibly beautiful. But it does sometimes take us, especially when we came from other religions, um, even if you were baptized as a baby. So like my husband was baptized as a baby in the Catholic church. And in, so should we move forward and decide to become baptized now as an adult when we accept Christ? And, and kind of what are some of these rules in here? So here's some questions that we're going to talk about just real quick before we, we go to the Bible. So first, number one, who has the authority to do a baptism? So let's, let's talk about that. Who has the authority to do a baptism? Did you know that the Bible doesn't really ever say this explicitly? Um, as close as it gets is when Jesus in Matthew 28, the Great Commission, one of my favorite, favorite all-time things ever, I reference it all the time on the podcast, is to go out and make disciples of the, of the world. That's what he commands us to do. He commands us to go and tell everybody the good news of Christ. And with that comes baptism because it is about that transformation moment. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more here in a second too. But so who has the authority to, to baptize? It's not an authority thing. We're going to talk about that a little bit more also. It, it's, it's, about, it's about our transformation. So who has the authority to baptize? The, the Bible doesn't really explicitly say this. It, it is about... People who are disciples of Christ, who know Christ, and are sharing that with others. Okay, so the second one that I wanted to talk about real quick is, do you have to be baptized to be part of a church? Ooh, this is a big one. Okay, so first we need to decide, or we need to actually look at the Bible and figure out what it's saying about what the church is. And that I have whole entire podcast episodes on, so you can go back to number 32, what is the church? And what does the Bible say? And do you have the courage to find out? Um, I also talk about this in just a couple episodes back about what the church is. So the church is the body of Christ. Christ is the head. We are the body. We are the members within that body. And we all have different gifts uh, as 
we need to in order to build up the body of Christ. So that is the church. Um, does it have four walls? No. <laughs> now, do you go to a church every Sunday? You probably do. And I would encourage you to find a good Bible-believing church. But any good Bible-believing church is going to tell you that the real church, Christ church, is the body of Christ. So do you have to be baptized to be a part of the church? Well, you do have to accept Jesus to be part of the body. So in order to be part of his church, you do have to do that. One of the ways that we symbolize that is through baptism. More on that in a second. Okay, so number three, does baptism mean we are saved? This is a whole nother big thing too, because it's all about that transformation that we go through. And so do we have to actually go through the act of baptism in order to be saved? Some people are going to argue about this a little bit more, um, but really the truth is this all comes down to this. This is okay. So this sums it up. This sums up the entire thing. Baptism is an outward expression of an inward change that has happened. Do you have to be baptized to have that inward change? No, you don't. But it is an outward expression of it. So do you have to be baptized in order to be saved? Mm, you have to be baptized within your heart, for sure. And different people are going to argue about this a little bit more. Um, this is something that was surprising to me when I actually became a Christian, like a, a full born-again Christian. At first, I felt like, well, all Christians believe the same. Because coming from the Mormon church, everything like is the same. Like there is one doctrine, there is one everything. And what I found actually in the Christian faith is we can all still be brothers and sisters in Christ and have some little different beliefs in there, which is interesting. But one of those sometimes is around the actual act of baptism. Um, but it is just, it truly is an outward expression of an inward change. Okay, and so those are those three things that I want you to kind of be keeping in the back of your mind as we are reading this next beautiful, beautiful passage. Probably one of my favorite whole parts of the entire Bible. And if you guys have watched The Chosen at all, um, there is a beautiful scene that kind of depicts this whole thing when Nicodemus comes and has a meeting with Jesus. And he explains to him what it means to be born of Christ. Okay, so we're going to read that. Okay, so I also wanted to say really quick, I'm going to be reading this in the NLT. So uh, translations, right? I mean, trans sometimes we can get so hung up on what translation is. The reason why I've been really gravitating lately towards the NLT, especially for the podcast, is just because it is so easy to understand. It is a translation that is really just written or translated in today's English. And I have whole episodes on how and why we should use different translations. Um, that's going to be episode number 69. What translation of the Bible should I use? Three steps to finding the perfect translation for you. Uh, if this is something that's confusing and kind of tripping you up, go back and listen to that one because it really will help you quite a bit with this. But there should never be any issues with, with reading some of these different translations. I love the ESV. It's like near and dear to my heart. It is what I bring around with me everywhere. It's always in my purse. Um, however, 
for this podcast especially because most of you guys are just learning a lot of this stuff and you're you're kind of at a moment where gosh understanding every single word sometimes can make a difference and so the nlt is just so clear okay so that being said we're going to read john 3 and we're going to start just at the very first verse There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean? exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but can't tell where it comes from or where it is. How are these things possible? Nicodemus asked. Jesus replied, You are a respected Jewish teacher, and yet you don't understand these things. I assure you, we tell you what we know and have seen, and yet you won't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven, and as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. I love all the crazy foreshadowing in there, right? I mean, it's just so cool. But what he's talking about is being born again of the water and of the spirit. And when we're talking about water with a lot of this, it, it, it it's living water. It's like when Jesus went and talked to the woman at the well, I give you living water. It's the the thing that just like makes us a complete and whole and understanding creature of God and not of sinful Adam, but of being born again in the spirit. And uh, Romans is so wonderful in kind of breaking this down and explaining exactly what this means. So if this is something that's a little bit confusing, I say like totally just read through Romans and it will explain this so much more in depth. But really what Jesus is saying here is that you can't go to heaven in your own sinful self. You must be born again of the living water. So when we are baptized, it is like a symbol of our our transformation. So just as I said before, it is an outward expression of an inward transformation where we accept God and accept the sacrifice of Jesus. And because of that, we are born again in the water in the spirit the water that is the living water of God. And this is so cool. So the very next verse in this is probably one of the most famous verses in all of the Bible for Christian believers. It is John 3.16. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That's what it means to be baptized 
in God. That's what it means to be born again. So when you are baptized, it is just that outward symbol of that happening. It's that, uh, that official, like, yes, I, I am a believer of Christ and I am going to tell everyone about that. Okay, so let's revisit our questions that we were talking about earlier. So number one, who is the authority to do a baptism? Who is the authority to transform your heart? <laughs> That's really what we're talking about here. Because a baptism, again, it's just a symbol of us, of that transformation that has happened within us, that being born again of, of the Spirit. And uh, so who has the authority to do that? God. That's it. <laughs> He's the only one who can transform our heart. But when we're outwardly showing that, uh, it can be any disciple who also is there to witness and believe with you. Uh, I actually was rebaptized um, a few years ago because I, I had been baptized young in, in the church, but that I don't believe was a believer's baptism. I was not doing that out of my belief in Jesus and the sacrifice that he did, I had not been transformed. I had not been born again. And so I really felt like it was important to, to give that outward expression of this huge, massive transformational change that had happened in me that I can't even, I mean, it's the piece that surpasses all understanding. That's all that is. And so I actually asked um, my father-in-law to baptize me in Saranac Lake in upstate New York. It was beautiful and wonderful and um, just such an incredibly special moment. And I truly just felt like God really inspired me in some way, just kind of spoke to my heart to ask him to go ahead and do that for me. And I think it meant so much to him as well. And it was a, an amazing, beautiful moment. And so that was, that was my, my little baptized moment just a few years ago. Okay. So the second question that we were looking at is, do you have to be baptized to be part of a church? So again, the church is the body of Christ. So, and it's this inward transformation that we have, right? And is that going to give us membership into a four-walled uh, club, I guess you could say? No, it's not. <laughs> it is membership into the body of Christ that when we go through this transformation, then we are part of Jesus's church. And that can be anywhere, that can be anywhere, but mostly that takes place in our heart. All right, so the third thing was, does baptism mean we are saved? Again, it's just an outward expression because, we, yes, as Jesus told Nicodemus, no one is going to heaven who hasn't been baptized by the Spirit, right? But that doesn't happen by us actually getting dunked in the water. That happens in our hearts and our souls. That happens when we, when we fully surrender to God and say, yes, I am a whole new person. That's when that ha happens. And yes, that is required to be saved. Is it required for you to be dunked to have that happen? That's a matter of, I guess, some people's thoughts and beliefs on that. But I do believe, you know, I mean, in the Bible, even Jesus is baptized. So it is a beautiful expression of what has happened within our hearts. Okay, 
So I hope that that actually kind of summed up things a little bit more for you today. Maybe it helped you and kind of pushed you in a decision that you're wanting to have right now. Uh, Have you been transformed? Have you really truly accepted Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior? Have you asked him to become the ruler of your life? Have you asked him to basically, have you just, have you surrendered your will to God? That's what it comes to. Have you surrendered your will to God? Because I'll tell you what, like I said, it's a peace that surpasses all understanding. So if that is the case, maybe you need to start making some plans to get baptized. (laughs) It would be an amazing moment for you um, as it was for me to just know, yes, this is... um, this is the way that, that God has asked me to move forward with my life and I am giving it all to him and I'm showing the world that I am a transformed person. Okay, so friends, on Thursday, we will have an awesome interview with a beautiful believing woman who is going to tell you more about her believer's baptism and what that meant and the transformation that she had in order to get there. And I really hope that you guys can join us for that. All right, thanks. See you then. Hey friends, I hope that this episode truly blessed you today and spoke to your heart. And if it did, I would love it if you could share it with your friend who might need to hear these words also. And if you truly, really loved it, then a five-star review really helps to get into the ears of so many more people. It's the way the algorithm works. So I would love it if you guys would be able to do that for me as well. And if you were looking for more resources, more help, more coaching, more all the good stuff, go to findingfaithabove.com and make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a thing. See you next time.